Our second reading comes from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, and then picking up at verse 6 through 14. Let us continue listening for a word from God today. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water was divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's mantle that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, who is here with us now, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Still the to-do lists that run through our minds and the fidgeting of our hands and open up our hearts and our ears to hear your words to us today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today's text will always hold a special place in my heart because this text is a time when this former seminary student almost made a big fool of herself. So at some point 
all Presbyterian pastors learn Hebrew and Greek because that is what language the earliest version of these biblical stories are written in. Hebrew was the first class that I took in seminary. I managed to learn the alphabet and how the vowels were written and some of the grammar, although I can't say that stuck. And once we got the bones down of this new foreign language, my professor handed us a whole page of words, of verses, and said, translate this for homework what night. Well, she didn't tell us what verses they were. And it was so daunting. It ended up being these verses and Elijah being taken up into heaven made all the sense in the world, but I got hung up on that word mantle. I envisioned an antique and ornate wooden fireplace mantle falling from the sky and Elisha picking up that fireplace mantle and striking the water and the water parting. A fireplace mantle. That made absolutely no sense to me. Now, thank goodness in class the next day before I could raise my hand and share my confusion about this fireplace mantle, I learned that to the ancient Israelites, the Hebrew word for mantle had a double meaning, a loose sleeveless garment and a symbol of authority. And I laughed so hard at myself, knowing that I was preparing to wear a mantle one day, and I thought it was a fireplace mantle. <laughs> this summer, this weekend even, these words about a mantle falling down and being picked up again speak truth to our experience. We live in a season of transition not just here at church, but throughout our entire lives. Like Steve reminded us last week, the prophet Elijah had been busy at work proclaiming God's words and God's truths to worshipers of Baal, a false god. Wars were being waged, and eventually God tells Elijah to let Elisha come along. And Elisha begins to follow Elijah as his servant. They go about their work prophesying until our story today. And together in Gilgal, Elijah tells Elisha to stay here because God is sending me to Bethel. But Elisha says no. And then one more time, stay here because God sent me to the Jordan. No. They both go. And standing by the river, Elijah takes his mantle and strikes it against the water. And the water begins to part. Once they've crossed the riverbed on dry ground and looking back on the water they've just walked through, Elijah says to Elisha, what do you want from me? Elijah asks for a double share of the Lord's spirit. Now it's important here that it's a double share because that means in the ancient Hebrew world, that Elisha was asking to be Elijah's successor. I think it's interesting here that Elijah makes no such promise. He knows that his successor isn't up to him. It's up to God. If you see me being taken up, it'll be you, he says. 
They're walking along when suddenly an image like the one on today's bulletin cover appears, and Elijah is taken up into heaven. Even though Elisha knew this was coming, I can't imagine the feelings that were going through his mind in that particular moment. The person he served, the person who made him feel close to God, is taken up in a way that had never occurred before. Now, how Elisha managed to make sense of that, I don't know. Stunned and confused, he picks up the mantle. Not the fireplace mantle, but the coat. And he hits the water and asks, where is Elijah's God? The water then begins to part once again, and Elisha walks back over a dry riverbed. Talk about a surprising transition. A thing that strikes me most about this transition isn't that chariots of the mythical way Elijah is taken into heaven, although that is certainly odd and Truthfully, doesn't quite make much sense, but sometimes God does things that don't make much sense. What strikes me now is Elisha's unwritten and unspoken, but very much there, discernment. Elijah didn't promise Elisha would be the successor. Elisha had no clue that picking up the mantle would reveal God called him. Yet it did. Elisha's curiosity that maybe Elijah was right about him witnessing this great feat meant that God could indeed use him too. Elisha's discernment happens when he participates in those events. He watches the chariot and the whirlwind, he picks up the mantle and he attempts to part the Jordan River. Elisha wasn't sure where or what was next for him. He didn't know what it would even look like to be the great prophet Elijah's successor. And he certainly didn't know if Elijah's words would be true about the double share of God's spirit. But Elisha doesn't let his stunned and confused reaction to a wild and crazy thing quell his curiosity. If anything, it opens him up to try the next right thing, even though he's not quite sure where he's going or how it matters. Elisha's discernment doesn't happen in the stillness, but it happens in his action, his shock, his picking up the mantle and his striking the water as God shows up in parting the river. Shockwaves went through our nation on Friday morning as breaking news banners flagged across the bottom of our screens. A news alert popped up on our phones as the Supreme Court overturned a ruling that constitutionally protected the right to an abortion. Some of us were stunned, shocked, 
deeply saddened, and some of us sighed of relief. No matter how we feel, this ruling marks a moment of significant change when the way forward is a whole lot murkier than it was before. It marks a moment when what's next isn't quite clear. And we're wondering where God is in the midst of this change. But in our stun and in our shock, this is a moment when we discern God's will for us by doing the next right thing. By picking up the mantle and praying that God will indeed show up and teach us how to love one another again in the midst of such a significant change. Earlier this year, a, a pastor was talking to their youth about a mission trip. Not here at this church, but the pastor was giving them a rundown of what their schedule would look like and what their days would look like. And the pastor explains that at the end of the day, we'll debrief together and share our God moment for the day. This one kid, a rising seventh grader who had never been on a trip before, goes, well, what if I don't have a God moment for that day? Like, what is a God moment? And before the pastor could answer, a graduated senior who had been on several trips before quickly pipes up, exclaiming, oh, you'll have a God moment. Look for a moment when you see love or where you felt love. Sometimes it's a really big moment where you felt love in putting a wall up. Other times it might be a quieter moment when you got to hear words from a, a family that you're helping from their kids, a story about where they go to school. You just kind of have to go and see. The seventh graders' fears were only slightly quelled that night, but they went on that trip anyway, and they saw. I was talking with this pastor again a, a couple of days ago, and this hesitant seventh grader, she said, had more God moments, more moments of love to share than their debrief time allowed. Sometimes we just have to go and see. Friends, in our world where we are all just trying to find our place, to figure out where exactly God is calling us to go and what exactly God is calling us to do, I think we can take a lesson from Elisha. We can discern God's call and God's will for us by doing. We open our hearts to witness God doing amazing things. We pick up the mantle each week when we show up for worship and we strike the waters of the Jordan River when we show up for our community to say God loves you, whether it's in the form of a hospital visit, sewing a blanket, dropping off food, helping to build a house, going on a mission trip, or serving a meal to a stranger. And the waters part when in those moments of service, God is revealed to us. We experience God's love.
Elisha discerns God's will for him through actions as he does the next right thing. We are in a moment where we are attempting to discern God's will for us as we try to figure out what that next right thing is. And our faithfulness can be expressed by making that commitment, a commitment to discerning God's will. That's what Elisha does, and that's how we express our own faithfulness, even though the future is a little bit scary and ever-changing. Sometimes discerning God's will means we just have to go and see, to trust that God will show up, that God will be with us, that God will part the raging waters, and the way will soon be clear. With Elisha picking up that mantle, we are reminded that God does not abandon God's people. Friends, when the winds of change are blowing among us, and it seems like they are blowing often, may we be brave, brave to pick up the mantle, and may we trust that God can use us too to be love in this world. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.